Welcome to Relaunch My Life Radio. Ayahuasca. Plant medicine. Are you curious about it? Have you done it? Do you know someone that's done it? This week's interview is with Jeffrey Slater, a man who takes CEOs of businesses into the jungles and to the Amazon to take them on spiritually enhancing experiences dealing with ayahuasca or plant medicine. He also gives us some amazing advice to follow our purpose and reminds us that sometimes in life we pretend to have a choice, but there is a deeper part of us that knows that there is more that we want to experience in this world. What I love about this interview is the respect that Jeffrey has for the plant medicine, and he reminds us that we are always students of Mother Earth. So dive in, enjoy this 30-minute inspiration interview about ayahuasca or plant medicine, where all your curiosities will be answered. Live from Australia and all over the world, welcome to Relaunch My Life Radio. Your host, Julia Lieber, is a lifestyle redesign expert who personally relaunched her own life from being a corporate workaholic, alcoholic, and chocoholic, to now living a life of her own design. She is an international coach, retreat facilitator, and spiritual teacher, and is a woman on a mission to free you from an unfulfilling job or passionless life. With 10-minute tips and 30-minute interviews and stories, tune in to Relaunch My Life Radio to discover your highest potential and live a life of zero regrets. If you want to get the latest, be sure to click subscribe and visit us at www.relaunchmyliferadio.com for show notes and our blog. Well, welcome to episode seven of Relaunch My Life Radio. And today's guest is someone that I deeply respect. It's Jeffrey Slater, who is a best-selling author, philanthropist, social entrepreneur, and presenter, who has spoken alongside some huge names in the in the world: Richard Branson, Bob Proctor, and Tony Robbins. And he's also personally consulted with Fortune 500 companies. He was a self-made millionaire by the age of 30, so we know he has the business credibility behind him. But today we're pulling the curtain back on a topic that he has deep and respectful knowledge on and is getting a lot more attention in the mainstream as the world is starting to wake up. We're talking about ayahuasca or plant medicine and I'm really interested to learn his perspective on this and, and have a, an open-hearted discussion about this. So first of all, welcome and thank you, Jeffrey, for being here and sharing your wisdom. Thank you. And uh, it's a privilege to be here and anyone listening. Um, in the, you know, in the intro, you said I have a lot of knowledge around it. And I would say that compared to the people in the jungles, I'm a kindergartner. So while I do have some experience with it and, and, each, and each of our experiences with these types of jungle medicines or these medicines themselves, um, they're each unique to their own person. And so for me, I have my own experiences, but I would say I'm still in kindergarten and still a student. Uh, in that department, I just want to be clear about that because there's people in the jungles that study this stuff for thousands, you know, been around for thousands and thousands of years. And they say that when a medicine man or a medicine woman um, dies, it's like a library being burned to the ground. So um, just a student. <laughs> yeah, I, I understand. Well, from a kindergarten student, then you're speaking to an infant because awesome, I yeah. am, I have been a skeptic, I will admit. And I realized you know, when I think a lot of our listeners would notice as you're sort of advancing spiritually or 
connecting more to your higher self, you you just notice things in patterns. And I've had a pattern in the last few months of people talking to me about ayahuasca, even um, other entheogens like Cambo, and I just I couldn't reject it anymore without exploring the truth for myself. And I think um, that's what's really exciting about this today because I've had a lot of blocks to it, but now I can feel myself just opening and and considering, not necessarily taking all of the truth. So thank you. So first of all, what would you say are the common misunderstandings that you hear about ayahuasca? Um, what I do hear a lot is that it's it's a drug. Um, and if you look at the word drug, the, the thing is, is it's designed to create a schism so we can't talk about it in a, an adult fashion. What I, um, I'll just, maybe if I share my a quick short story about, about how I ended up even ended up in the jungle doing that because I'm a, I'm a real big skeptic. I just want results in my life. And I grew up in an entrepreneurial family. So for me to do that stuff was, um, and just, and you know, it's, it's, and I later on found out that some of the biggest leaders in the world have sat with ayahuasca or some of these other medicines. And so I, I thought I was kind of new to it, but then I found out that, you know, Wayne Dyer, um, sat, sat on ayahuasca and then, other leaders that I'm not going to mention that I've sat with. So it's, 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 and it's been around longer than, uh, longer in the human family than it, we've been without it. So, you know, it's an interesting perspective, but I, you know, why it was so interesting to me was this. So I grew up, my mom's, my mom's mother was an alcoholic. My mom's dad was an alcoholic. And so alcoholism was in my family. Um, we, my mother didn't drink and my dad didn't drink. Well, my dad would occasionally every couple months have a drink in business, but it just wasn't around the house at all. And growing up, uh, I saw the impact of what alcoholism can do because of my mom's mom and everything else. And it was interesting because, um, because I had all this kind of, um, pressure around me in high school, growing up and in college. And I, I lived a very kind of high life from the age of 20 to 20, 27 or so traveling around and having lots of fun and going to Las Vegas. And, you know, when you're 20 in your twenties and you make money, what well, the thing to do is to buy champagne, travel the world and be around, you know, in the Hollywood Hills and all that stuff. And that was kind of my life. But the thing that was interesting was I never did a drug in my life. Hmm but I was around it constantly and doesn't make me any better or anything else. It was just weird. It was just like, how come I never felt around, even though I was around champagne and cocaine and everything. Um, now secretly I was studying meditation practices and nothing else. I didn't really tell anybody that, but that's kind of what was going on in the background. But how come I didn't do anything and I had all this peer pressure. And, uh, then, and then, one day, um, after years and years of personal development, I still was frustrated. I was so frustrated. I was like, there must be, um, there must be something else. Like, I have the time, the resources, the energy. I've, I've read the books. I'm the one teaching this stuff out there about how to have a better life and how to ha- have a life by your design. And I've attended all these personal growth workshops and everything else. And how come I'm still wondering who I am, what I'm here for, and why is this underlying frustration here? It makes no sense. And I haven't drank and I don't even do drugs. This is really messed up. <laughs> and, and then and I looked around at my human family and I'm going, all right, they, they're busy with their jobs. Secondly, they, they're, they're, they don't even have the time to contemplate the universe. 
And imagine how it must be for them. And I have the time and the energy and the resources and the money to go to trainings. And, and if I feel like going to India, I would do it. Like all that stuff, I have that. And I'm still wondering what it is. And so then I was like, maybe I should have done some drugs in college. <laughs> but no, you know, I knew that wasn't right. And I get this, this message from a friend of mine. Hey, Jeff, check this out. This documentary, there's these people in the jungle doing, and, uh, doing these medicines that around for thousands of years. They also known as ethiogens. So the proper term would be ethiogens, which are spiritual catalyst tools. And, and then Tim Ferriss, you know, for our work, we, I heard some of his stuff on that and Joe Rogan, and then started getting some education and some real knowledge around it and facts. And the facts started, didn't seem to line up um, as far as what mainstream was telling me about this. And then I looked at the mainstream and I went, hmm, the mainstream seems to have their pants on backwards. Like mostly everything they say to eat is poison. Uh, pretty much the school system doesn't tell me about the history of the entire history of the human family. It basically tells me the exact opposite. Um, that was more of an indoctrination system I went through, AKA known as school. So I'm going to start questioning that stuff. I'm going to question what they tell me. And they're telling me that these things in the jungles are dangerous and wrong. And while there are, if you do it in the wrong context, man, it is dangerous, but um, but done in, the, done in a shamanic setting appropriately, well, you know, maybe it's not. So I said to myself, and not every, first of all, not everyone should go to sit and should go do ayahuasca or any of these medicines. This is a very personal thing. So I found myself going, well, the mainstream disagrees with it. The mainstream has been lying to me my whole life since I've been born. So I'm going to go trust my own soul's journey. And I'm going to listen to my own soul. But my own soul says, um, go to the jungle. Because you tried everything else, Jeff. <laughs> and, and so, um, and I think it was Martini. Uh, he said, I'd rather have the whole world against me than my own soul. And I, that really sticks with me. Mm. And my own soul was so curious. And then I watched that, that documentary and I went, all right, people puking in buckets, that's weird. And then I did a little more research and I said, well, maybe they're cleaning themselves out. And then I, and then I was listening to a quote by Tarek McKenna that said, um, we are tourists as Western Westerners. We are tourists in our bodies. Yeah. And I didn't really, didn't really comprehend that until I actually went through, you know, a few ceremonies. I was like, wow, I was not even in my body. I had no idea how sick I was. That's how sick I was. And, um, and there's always more work to do, but I didn't realize how sick I was. And so then one day I'm meditating cause I had developed a meditation practice. I was doing it for seven or eight years at that time. And, um, and I was meditating. I was like, mm. I was like, go to the jungle, go to the jungle. Stop. I don't do that stuff. Go to the jungle, go to the jungle. Check out, got to learn from the plants. What, what plants? I don't do drugs. <laughs> I was very stubborn, but she kept knocking. And when I say she, it's almost like a spirit, you know, it's, people we relate to these things as plants. And yes. but actually what if it was a spirit, right? So the spirit just kept knocking on the door and, and I, and I had to listen. And so that's when I went. And of course, I talked to my parents. They said, "Are you going to the jungle? Well, you could die in the jungle. There's there's diseases. There's this." And I was like, "Well, you know, like at least I'm following my own journey." And I did. And of course, I was very safe. I I made phone calls. I talked to the right people, and I did the research, and and realized that that there are places you can get hurt if it's not the proper setting. You can get hurt. Um, and then I did my research. That it was really interesting that 
even the medicine itself, I, let's just say ayahuasca, is actually the same substance as our brain. So it's completely organic. And I'm very much into organic life and everything else. And it's organic. There's nothing external. There's nothing that is not in our bodies that is not in that. So then I was like, well, they, they tell me to eat synthetic food and that's wrong. So I'm going to go eat organic food. And this is organic. And actually the substance itself is more alkalizing than than majority of the substances out there. The alkalized rating of it is huge. So I went and sat. And I was sitting there. My first, this is my first journey. I'm sitting and there. How old were you in your first journey? Oh, I don't remember. Maybe too many medicines. So, <laughs> I think I was a few thousand years old. <laughs> um, no, it was years and years ago. So I was sitting there and I was like, in this, in this, um, you know, I'm kind of kidding when I say thousands of years ago, but I'm actually not. So at the same time, I'm sitting there and and I'm um, I'm in it and I take and I'm I've got the tea in my hand and I'm really scared because you don't know what's going to happen. You know, when I meditate, I kind of just sit there and I'm meditating. I want to go inward, you know. Mm. And so I can put my foot on the gas. I can put my foot. I can put my foot on the gas and try and go faster. I'm like, come on, give me some inner peace. Give me some inner peace. And it's very manageable. It's very safe to meditate. And, you know, after now it's been 15 years of meditating and I'm like, yeah, here we go. Let's have a meditation. Kind of know how it's going to roll. And uh, with this sitting and the meditation practice was very useful because it had kind of prepared me for this moment, this moment outside of time, because it's outside the hands of time is where healing begins and starts. We never needed in the first place. Yeah. So I'm sitting there and, I, and I'm looking at this tea and I'm scared and I'm shivering because I don't know what's going to happen. That's when you're in the presence of something real. You know, when you're not sure how it's going to go. It's kind of like getting on a stage. You don't know how it's going to go. It's a little terrifying. You get butterflies in your stomach. But that's where we grow. Life happens at the edge. So I'm sitting there at the edge with this tea, not knowing what's going to happen. I'm looking around at these other, other people that are professionals that I know personally. They're busy professionals. They're professionals what they do. They have their stuff together. And we're all sitting there looking at each other going, here we go. Drink the tea. Thank you. And within five minutes, nothing happens. So then 10 minutes, nothing happens. I'm like, okay, nothing's happening. Nothing's happening. And then 15 minutes, I'm like, I should have done more drugs in my life because I'm not affected by this at all. 20 minutes happens. And then my feet are on, not just my feet are on the brakes. So like in, in meditation, my feet, our feet are on the gas trying to go somewhere and 20 minutes into this meditation with this medicine, I have my foot on the brakes because it's moving so fast inward. I'm afraid I'm going to lose who I am. And what a gift, you know, mm. to bypass the mind. And suddenly and I, have, I have the courage to open up my eyes and I start seeing sound and hearing color. And then I remembered one of the things I read, which is we only see one-tenth of, of the billionth of the light spectrum that actually exists. So while it could be said that there's a hallucination going on, maybe that's part of the mainstream programming to let you know, to make sure when we do see something outside the norm, that actually we are seeing, they don't want you to know that you're seeing something that actually is already there. And since we only see one-tenth of the light spectrum, what if I'm actually seeing what's there? What if we're actually meant to see sound and hear color? So I started seeing sound. I started hearing color. And I started to be able to kind of go back into myself. And it started to feel at home. Like it was something that had been, that, that was, that been doing for thousands of years. And a more connected experience 
um, than, than the norm. And there's this like telepathic ability we have as human beings. I started to feel this symbiotic relationship with me and everything around, with me and everything around me. And I look over at the medicine woman and she just gives me a gentle smile and she gets it. And then I started to feel really sick. And then I started to go, maybe I shouldn't have done this. And then I remember what she said. And what she said to me was, was it's not you. It's not the medicine making you sick. You're sick. And if you feel like you're going to die, die. So I started to feel really sick and I started to feel the spirit come in and start to clean out my, my, my body and my intestines and everything around me. It was like this intelligent, intelligent force that is beyond my comprehension, like a mystery. And then I realized in that moment that I was trying to solve the mystery of the universe. Like it was something to solve, like it was broken when in fact I am the mystery. And so is everyone around me. And as she started to, to remind me of that, to be the mystery, I started to get cleaned out by something that was mysteriously working on me for me almost as if it's a mother and she's known as the, and she's known as, you know, as mother, like mother earth. And I remember that I am a part of her. And so is each, each of us as human beings, we're all a part of her. And as co-creator beings, a part of her, we are her and she is us. And she starts to treat me like, like a child, like one of her loved ones. And she begins to clean me out and I get really sick. And then, then she says, you're done. And then I purge into a bucket and I realized that the Western world around the relationship with purging or puking is that something's wrong when in the Amazon or other places is if it's actually a cleansing. Mm. So not only did it, did physical toxins come out, but then I felt the energies leaving me that had been there for a long, long time, almost as if there'd been some infiltration. So perhaps we as a human family were more than we think we are. Perhaps there's been an infiltration in our psyche and, and, Perhaps part of our allies are these medicines, Mother Earth and Cambocito, and um, these medicines to support us in cleaning our bodies so that we can go back to our original premise of who we are as humanity. Because we as a human family have lost our humanity. And when we go back to what we know, that what we know has been working for thousands of years that make us human, which are the plants, which are the animals, which is this earth. Then we go back to the who we are as human beings and we strip away all this cultural programming, a cult that we didn't even know we signed up for, called mainstream culture because mainstream culture doesn't have our best interests in mind. And the more I go inward, the more I discover the truth of who I am is that, is that what it is to be human. And the more I, I focus on being human, which means being in alignment and being in a co-created relationship and a symbiotic relationship with the plants and the animals, the more I remember what it is to be alive and the gift of it is to be alive and to have gratitude for these moments. I'm not perfect. I'm far from it but I can at least be gentle on myself about my imperfections where what I notice with my fellow human beings is we're so hard on each other and we're always creating reasons to dislike each other and separation when in fact we need each other. So, you know, one journey after another journey, after another journey, I continue to be, continue to be humbled by how little I know and how mysterious this universe actually is. And so your question about Cambo and ayahuasca Cambo is the guardian, is known as the guardian spirit of ayahuasca. And that particular medicine, um, and I'm no master at it at all. There are masters in jungle that serve this. But what I've read and from my experience with Cambo, which is, a, which is the most poisonous frog in the jungle, it's actually the only, the, only, the only animal in the jungle that has no predators. So it has no fear. Hmm. There's actually only one little snake that comes up to it um, that will gently squeeze 
the venom of the frog out of the snake, out of the venom, the snake will gently squeeze the venom out of the frog to almost get its vaccine. And that's essentially what it was used for as a natural vaccine when they couldn't, when the tribesmen and women couldn't cure stuff that was hurting their people. And then the, then the snake leaves the frog unharmed. So this particular spirit, Cambo, lives with no fear. It's the guardian spirit is known as the guardian spirit of ayahuasca, which is the protector spirit. It's almost like they have a symbiotic relationship and they work together. Mm-hmm. So, so while well, they're both highly intelligent beyond my comprehension, but I'm deeply humbled by what they've shared with me. Mm-hmm. Wow. Thank you. Yeah. I, I have about a million questions <laughs> from everything that you have just spoken about, but I love the fact that you said my soul is what my soul kept saying, go to the jungle. And for me, that's, that's really the, the key point of this is my, I guess, concern or my skepticism came from, I suppose, encountering quite a few people that I felt like were saying they were doing ayahuasca or doing cambo and there was almost like a sense of ego or like spiritual righteousness about, yeah, I'm going to go do ayahuasca and my warning bells just went off. Like, well, what is your intention for that? And when, when I hear someone like you saying, well, my, I just kept coming back to my soul and, and, it, and spirit was calling me to go to the jungle great. I think if, if people are feeling that truth within their being, then do the research and follow it and, and, and form your own truth about whether it's needed for you on your path in this journey based on what you're going to bring forward in this world. And I think, you know, um, what's fascinating to me is how, um, how you artfully walk that line because I know you're very much in the corporate world, you're in the business world, and then you also have this this part of you. And I think it's a dance, isn't it? Being able to show this part of you and, and bring people into this world, but once they're at that level of consciousness where they can listen to the calling of their own soul. I think Yeah, it's it's and it's not easy. It's a continuous dance. Um I know that my calling, my role is to do my best to get as many of the top leaders in the world that are running these companies, destroying this world. Um, and some of them aren't, and they can, uh, but some of them are. If I can get them back to their humanity, then they can stop destroying the planet. Or the ones that are out there that have the capacity to build businesses that support the planet, if we can connect them to their hearts as best we can, and these medicines tend to do that. And to answer your question about people doing it out of ego, um, you know, that's their, that might be their journey. And uh, But sooner or later, you know, the plants... Uh, tend to sort that out it's perfect isn't it yeah yeah, yeah they, I, they tend to sort, sort that out i loved in uh, one of the because you have a lot of resources on your website and i will be sharing the link to your website on the post mm-hmm. in the podcast so everyone can go onto jeffrey's website and, and do your own research and he's got some great uh, links that you can follow uh including there was one uh the clinical ayahuasca summit of uh, 2014 that you posted that showed different um doctors people who have been studying this from all over the world coming together to discuss it and it's so promising that there are um um, there are things like that out there and that now they're accessible on the internet. So there, there really is. And, and just is, so the quick answer is it's not for everybody. It's a very personal journey and it's not something you do because everyone else is doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and my experience is different from everybody else's and you said it right. It's the intention that you bring for all these medicines, you know, the spirit of tobacco as a plant, you know, it's been demonized and everything else, but in the jungle, they smoke pure tobacco all the time. And it depends on the intent behind it. I have to add to that at one of your workshops that I went to about six months ago, um, 
for me, one of the biggest things that I reject is cigarette smoke. Um, my ex-husband was a smoker and I can still remember like just the smell on my, on everything, just yeah. hating it. And I even, you know, <laughs> we have a next door neighbor that smokes and if our doors open, I, I physically feel sick. But at your workshop, when you sat at the front of the room and you, you shared with us the smell of the natural tobacco, there was something that opened in my soul that it just felt healing to inhale those those fumes. yeah and yeah. I, I felt all this sadness that that probably potentially these people that are addicted to cigarettes this lifetime perhaps it's them trying to reconnect to that life where they where they know the healing element of the organic tobacco and what are your thoughts on that my thoughts are you are exactly correct um the people that tend to have an addiction to smoking um they might have had some sort of ally relationship with those spirits which many of us have and what they do is the system does is it takes, so tobacco is known and, and I'm a student in tobacco. Like it's a, it's a master teacher. Mm. Um, and, and this tobacco is known to be one of the tallest standing spirits. It's a master teacher. And um, for some, it's just a plant, but for, but for many, it's, you know, it's a, it's a healing plant. And, uh, and what, and so what they, they, what, what they do is they take this incredible healing plant and then they put chemicals in it. And then they, they farm it and they mass produce it and then they tax it and they put it all over the world and you can't even get, it's even tough to get real tobacco. Yeah. And, and so, so then, then what happens is people start getting sick in the Western world and then they, then they put those things on cigarette boxes of how ugly it is and everything else when really it's a very sacred spirit and, um, and people start getting sick, but what they're actually getting sick from is the chemicals. There, no medicine man or medicine woman in the jungle ever died from, from smoking pure mapachos. No way. Because if you start smoking mapachos in a way um, that is abusive to it, uh, then tobacco itself will, ha- will deal with you. But the thing is, it's the chemicals um, that are killing our people. And, and so to answer your question, yes, most likely people that are addicted to tobacco are seeking out that ally spirit of theirs, which was a friend of theirs and an ally, and they just don't know where to get it and they can't get it. And it's a hole, it's a void for them. Hmm. So that's typically what happens. So what do you do about that? You know, then there's healings and things to be done around it. Mm. Yeah, it, it's so fascinating. I think, and I think everyone listening to this will agree, the more you start opening these doors and exploring the things that perhaps you might have rejected in the past, the more you just realize how much truth there is underneath all of the things that are judged in society and there's, there's so much power. And I think that, that saying, you know, everything that we want is on the other side of fear. You know, for our listeners, if you're, if you're still working in your corporate job and you know like you have a deeper purpose than just earning a company lots of money and you're listening to this interview and thinking, gosh, I want to be a part of exploring more of this world or, or what, what else is there out there, then um, do your research and, and, and decide if it's something for you on your path. But I think, yeah, yeah. I mean, just to say, I don't want everyone to go, to be careful in the jungle because it's a wild west out there. You got to make sure you're going to a reputable place. Um, yeah. And especially as, as women um, go to a place that's safe and that, you know, other women have been to and everything's okay. Yes. Uh, if you're ever going to go and you are in a third world country. Uh, so you have to be very careful and preferably you, if you sit with anyone who's going to serve ayahuasca, they've served thousands and thousands of people uh, with thousands of ceremonies. It's a very, um, it's very specialized. And at the same time, 
if you wouldn't hang out with the person energetically, like hanging out with the person, you probably don't want them going to deep psychology of yourself either. <laughs> no way. So I, I'm putting that in there in case anyone get just so that they go do their research because it is, there's a lot going on out there and we have to be very careful. Thank you. I think that's an excellent point. And most of the company or most of the organizations that take people through, I'm presuming that there is support integration when people get back home. Some some there are, some there aren't, but the best way integration wise, so is, is to have good people around you, but it it definitely is the biggest life changing. I mean, from what I've experienced with people, it completely alters their life and the integration process is not easy. Mm. Um, one of the things is, is more medicine doesn't mean more change either. It's how you integrate the shifts that matter most. And the integration process is not easy. And there's other medicines out there as well, where it can take six months to integrate the experience or longer. And what does integration mean? It means like almost like an airplane coming to a landing. So, but like you question your job, you question everything. I remember coming back from the jungle and looking at the billboards and just realizing that they were just all programming. And we I knew that before, but it was like a whole other level. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I can imagine it would be, uh, it would be difficult for someone to go back to their normal job after an experience. Very difficult. They usually end up quitting because if their job isn't, in a, if their job is not in alignment with their soul's purpose, it's pretty hard to stay in after you've had people have had those realizations. <laughs> Definitely. And so I see a lot of women that I work with um, that they just seem to have this deep-seated fear of leaving their job, of taking those, those, those plunges. And no matter how much I can inspire them or coach them, you know, everyone's at their own stage and own, own journey and own time frame. What's your message to uh, women? Because I really feel like it's, it is the rise of the female sort of entrepreneur and, and women feeling more empowered and like they can make a difference. And I think there's that it's it's a beautiful time of everyone kind of balancing their masculine and feminine energies is what I see. And so what would you say to those women who maybe in the past have thought, no, I can't do this, or there's this, this dream inside of me that, you know, I, I keep hearing from my soul, but I'm frightened. What is your message to them? My message to them um, would be to listen to their own message over mine. And also would ask them to ask them some questions I would ask, um, what are you really afraid of? Because if you're a woman in today's time space, it took a lot of courage to incarnate at this time as a woman, because this is where the rise of feminine is happening. And therefore, if you're one of the women now that are afraid of leaving your job, perhaps you've done far more scarier things in other lifetimes and, and stood up for things that were in other lifetimes. Otherwise, you may not be here at this time. So the things you're afraid of are are irrelevant compared to the things you've been through but you got to look deeper in yourself and 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 um maybe it's not the right thing to quit your job maybe you do it step by step maybe you go build something on the side or work with people like you to help you build a a business on the side and then slowly but surely leave your job but the but the uh, the last thing is is that is that this is the time for the women to to share their voice in this world if the women don't share their voice the the entire planet is and the entire human family is we're done. Uh, this is the rise of the feminine because this is a birthing and co-creation of heaven and earth. And every woman and man holds a, holds a role in that, but women, especially Nikola Tesla said that women will be the superior race. And so, um, so that hence the, why the mainstream has been doing its best to suppress the suppress the divine feminine because they're afraid of it. 
because the divine feminine is a force to be reckoned with. And when I say superior, when the woman is truly in her divine feminine, there is no superiority because there's no hierarchy. But the sacred masculine knows that the, fem- the divine feminine is more powerful than the masculine, but, the, but, but not necessarily better, not, not hierarchical, but a force to be reckoned with. We are on a feminine body. This is a, this, she's a mother. She's a woman. So therefore, of course, the ladies on this world and the feminine would have a better comprehension of what's going on than the masculine. If we were on the sun, then maybe the men would have a better comprehension of it. But we're not. Let's get real. We're on Mother Earth. That's why she's a mother. And so the women hold the keys to the future, the keys to the, to the co-creation of heaven on earth. And so whether it's, don't do it for you, do it for the next generation, generations to come. Do it for the ancestrals behind you. you we have a responsibility here. And me as a, as a man, as a, I have to do my best to heal the wounds of the, what, the, what the masculine has done and the wounds of the, of the synthetic masculine in myself to support the divine feminine. And that's my role. And that's what everyone role is. If you want to take it, I mean, I don't know. When I say this stuff, take what you want, leave out the rest for everyone listening. I, this universe is a mystery to me and I'm just kind of sharing my truth and people can take it or leave it. I, I love that. I think there's some form of strength or solace that I, for one, and I think the other the people listening to this podcast can take from the fact that these feelings and these callings that you have, they are bigger than you. You know, you're yeah. a part of this collective and we're all in this together. And so when you're making those decisions and you feel that fear, it's the fear of the world that you're probably connecting to because we are running in the fear-based society. But if you find whatever that, that voice is within you and allow it to speak to you louder and louder, it will drown out that feeling of fear and you will feel like for me on my path and a lot of the women that I work with, there's, there's, there's more fear in not doing it. There's more fear in the future if you don't take those difficult decisions and stand up for yourself and not sell your soul for another day, you know, and start making plans for bringing that, that, that idea that you're wanting to birth into this world out into this world, because you, you're just gonna, you're going to struggle if you don't listen to that voice. That's all I can say to the listeners. And, and, and I know that everyone is connecting to this. Otherwise they wouldn't be listening. So. It's, it's so true. Thank you for saying that. This is the time. Um, and it's scary or not to in the end. It's almost like we pretend to have a choice. And I don't think that choice is here anymore. I think it's just part of what we're here to do and to express. And it was Tesla that said we were transmitters and receivers. We're no, perhaps a lot of the thoughts and disempowering thoughts we listen to are not even ours. So as transmitters and receivers, we need to be very careful and discerning about the thoughts that we're hearing. Are they the collective thoughts or are they ours? Yes. And so... So as we wake up more and more, question, question your thoughts, because as transmitters and receivers, there's a major agenda of a collective fear mongering that's going on. So sometimes your guilt, your shame, your frustration, your anger, your disappointment, your despair is not even yours. No. And especially if you work in an office, there's a lot of energy and a lot of stress and a lot of different things coming yeah. up. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. I think um, that's a good place to pause it. And I know um, that if people want more information, they can go to your website. I'm going to be posting the links in the podcast, uh, but jeffreyslater.com is the best place they can. Yeah. And, and I do this project where I um, take business owners to the jungle. Um, I had this, they can read about it if they want. Uh, but essentially, they can go to thegrandinitiative.com, thegrandinitiative.com. And if they go to the videos, the research section and the video section, there's lots of science 
lots of it, and articles and science and videos. They're specialized in the in domains of ethiogens that people can do their research on and they can make their own choices. It's all good. And of course, there's my website as well. But both will be, I wanted to give, I wanted to give that research that resource for people so they can make their own conclusions. But remember, it's very personal and uh, it's not for everybody. And, uh, and that, that's really important. Mm. Okay. Excellent. Well, thank you so much and I uh, really appreciate your time. And as always, um, if you subscribe to the podcast, it's Relaunch My Life Radio. You can go to relaunchmyliferadio.com as well. And um, thank you so much for your time, Jeffrey. I'm sure everyone's um, just more informed. And that's really what I love providing is, is the information so people can find their own truth and follow what their soul is telling them to do. So thank you so much. All the best for your upcoming tours and events and everything that you're doing in this world to make this shift. So thank you you're welcome thank you very much see you Julie bye bye that's this episode's inspiration for Relaunch My Life Radio live from Australia and all over the world visit us at www.relaunchmyliferadio.com for resources to help you relaunch your life and remember it's never too late to relaunch your life